Blog Talk Radio. Time now for the Gridiron Stud Show. Well, you can be all American. Actually, you now. You're actually, I can do it now. You can do it now? Yeah, I can do it. But I'm trying to focus on my position. With your host, Chad Wilson. They hate no me on You know, I got to something in the mix. Bringing you high school, college, and NFL talk. I don't rap a discipline. Yes, sir. You all need more discipline. True discipline. Come on, get a grip. Call us on the show today. Don't get out of my face with that crazy that, stuff. That, that. The number to call, 347-633-9365. If y'all got to take, y'all know that. Or you can reach us on Twitter, at Gridiron Stud. And now, your host, Chad Wilson! Wait, wait, wait. And we only have the intro with me and not you on there. Not the rapping intro. You wondering? Are you wondering why? Uh, I, I am wondering why, but uh, I knew you were going to tell me. Oh, yeah. It's because these gumballs at blogtalkradio.com keep erasing uh, my audio files. I'm done. I'm actively searching for a new platform. I've just had enough of these people. Okay. Uh, I appreciate the fact that they could get us on air, but the service is less than desirable. And uh, I've just about had enough. So let it be known. Put it out there. If anyone out there knows a better platform, I'm all ears. Um, and, you know, it's got to be a platform that can take, um, that can do live audience and take phone calls. That would be great if we could get that done. But I'm, uh, I've had enough of uh, these people. Yeah, they seem to be struggling. It hasn't been a good close for to, 20, to the 2016 season for them. <laughs> no, and this is happening continuously. So we're sitting here today with three audio clips. Um, and we're just going to have to work with that. We're going to just have to be the professionals here because blog talk radio is not that. But anyway, coming up on the show today, college football talk. We are going to talk about the bowl games that are near, uh, that are coming upon us. Amo and I need to make some picks on that. We're going to make three picks out of the uh, bowl games that are in between now and our next Football Friday broadcast. And there are several on tap for us to uh, choose from on that front. Uh, we're going to talk about college Football coaches on the change. That is the time of year for that. And then this Wake Forest thing. Abel, have you been paying attention at all, Wake Forest? Uh, my understanding is they they were giving the, the, the plays away uh, and the, the, they were being broadcast. Am I right or no? Am I mis- misunderstanding this uh, on the TV broadcast like the announcers knew them? Yeah, I, you know, outstanding and amazing um, that you have that going on, but it's Wake Forest. Supposed to be a smart school. What's going on there with that? Supposed to what's, be the, what's going on with what? I'm sorry. Smart schools in the ACC just doing dumb stuff. So uh, we'll touch yeah. on that a little bit. Of course, big NFL weekend. Uh, several 
key matchups coming up as we're down to the final three weeks of the season. So a lot of these games have playoff implications. We have gotten what we want, which is parity in the NFL. Are you happy about the parity that we have in the league? I I am uh well yeah I mean yes and no I think I think you and I have talked about this uh, over the years um you basically you need a villain and I think that's kind of the way the NFL works best is when you have really good teams and uh, I don't know I'm 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 not really sure I'm digging the 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 six and seven thing uh, don't we know who the villain is in the NFL. Clearly defined. Well, the Patriots play the villain well. I mean, that's their their role right now. Exactly. So that's our villain. But uh, nevertheless, yes, there's a lot of parity going on. We have five and eight football teams that are quote unquote still in the hunt. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's weird. I mean, I I can't get you know that that's just part of the thing that for me. I I I I'd rather have like ten or twelve really good teams ver, versus uh, that whole uh, you know. Like we say, parody. I'm not. I'm not sure. I really dig that. Why do things have to be even? I don't understand that. We want participation trophies. We want everyone to have a chance. Everyone should have an opportunity. Like, what the hell is going on? Well, the NFL is praise on the fandom. You always say fans are crazy um, and don't deal in reality, and the NFL likes to prey on that, knowing that if they they let you pretend your team has a chance. You know, it's like the old, I don't know if you ever saw the movie Dumb and Dumber, Would You Go Out With Me? Basically, the answer is, well, if you were maybe the last man on earth. So what you're saying is I have a chance. I mean, they don't care. The 5-8 and eight fan thinks his team still can win the Super Bowl. Oh, man. I just, uh, I don't get it, but whatever. Yes, don't they know some people like losers? I mean, the Cup fans. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, some people like losers, but I mean, at the end of the day, most sports, you know, you're looking for. If you're a fan of a sport, sure, we have our teams that we all love, but you also like to watch excellence. And for me, you know, watching five and eight teams battle to make the playoffs is not excellence. It's just, you know, it's mediocrity or worse. And you know, but the NFL, listen, they have the formula. You and I apparently. Are are not as smart as these guys. We told them when they would have problems. Uh, they fix their problem. They just put the Dallas Cowboys on every weekend night now, and their ratings problem has been solved. Uh, and if they don't have the Cowboys, they throw the Patriots on. And it seems like the NFL they, they just know what they're doing. These guys. I, I don't know. I don't know. We had a nice football game last night. Uh, Seattle Seahawks taking on a, a team that plays in Los Angeles. Um, Jeff Fisher sitting somewhere said, well, I, mean, I could have done that. I mean, fired me. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, poor Jeff. I, is there any fixing the Rams? I mean, really, at this point, is there any fixing the Rams? Well, I better be something, man. It's Los Angeles. They're not going to put up with that. Not going to deal with it. No. I mean, I, I just don't see them putting up with it. No. So, yeah, I don't know. It's gonna. They're gonna have. They're gonna have themselves some big, big problems there if they don't. You know. I mean, you and I have talked about this. It's just not a place where they're gonna allow the team to suck like that. I mean, if the team continues to suck, uh, you'll you will see forty and fifty thousand people at Rams games. Uh, pretty much. You know. I would say next year if they don't give them something in the off season for people to get excited about. And you know, say, hey, there's something, some reason I want to watch the Rams. 
uh, they will have a problem. And, you know, at the end of the day, uh, next year you'll, you'll be seeing that place empty. Yeah. Um, Eric Dickerson says if the Raiders come to Los Angeles, then the Rams are pretty much the Clippers of the 80s, basically what he's saying. And I don't know that he's wrong. Say that again? Uh, yeah. Hit me again with that one? He says if the Raiders come to Los Angeles, then the Rams would essentially become the Clippers of the 1980s. Uh, well, right now, sure. But at the end, that's just because the Raiders are good. If you revert, I mean, you said it last show. I mean, that was a great quote. There's not enough time in L.A. to support losers. And there's just too many things to do in that part of the world, that part of the country. Nobody's just going to sit around and support a loser and, and spend their money and their time doing that. It just doesn't work like that. That's not, not how it's going down. So, yeah, the Raiders are good now, but at the end, you know. Say so. Green Bay, Wisconsin. They just going to show up. Pardon me? No. Green Bay, no. They're just going to show up because, as you said, there's nothing else to do in that in Green Bay, Wisconsin. That's just the way it works. Exactly. So uh, there you have it. Um, yeah, so talking about this game last night, a couple of interesting things that happened during the game, to say the least. Uh, we had a punter take off on a magnificent run through the middle of the field. For some reason, couldn't hold on to the football. That guy crapped his pants. He crapped oh, his pants. You know he did, but man. When he, when he, when he saw that... He saw a guy starting to approach him. He's thinking, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, they want this thing in my hand, and I need to get rid of it some way, somehow. Oh, no, I shouldn't get rid of it. Um, the battle that just went on his head, and in the end, um, he got his wigs. Well, let me ask you a serious question there, okay? And granted, the play was there. I get it. You know, They're up 21 points. Is that really a smart thing to do? Uh, I, listen, you know where I stand with that there man like i i do know where you stand i'm not asking you you know i'm just saying you're playing a division game why give a team you're going to play twice a year any more ammunition to try to beat you i mean i'm saying why do you're going to see them twice a year for for as long as the nfl exists like why why motivate them more than they already are i don't know like to me just there's five minutes left he might have lost his punter and holder I mean, I know people are out there laughing. Oh, he lost the punter. Well, you know, that's the punter's a weapon if you have a good one. And I don't, I don't know if this guy's a good one, but he can be a weapon. Listen, first of all, you're not expecting your punter. <laughs> I mean, uh, listen, you're not expecting your punter to behave in that fashion, okay? You're not expecting the guy to run up the middle, lose the football, get his way completely smacked. And uh, hit a concussion. That's not part of the plan in that play, okay? They're bailing, yes. opening up. Take it. Go. Man, play football. I have never been one. If you've got a chance to put 50 on me, do it. Care about your okay. Feelings. I mean, I just don't. I mean, listen, I like Pete, so I root for Pete. I just thought at that point, mm, I'm thinking, Pete, come on, man. Like, really? I don't know. That's come just on. me. Was it not entertaining in an otherwise extremely boring football game? All right. We've got the Rams out there doing their we can score three point thing, playing a cup a bunch of cans of Sprite or whatever the hell that was that they were dressed up in. I mean there was very little and the two most the three most entertaining things in that game uh was the punter getting his wig knocked sideways, um Sherman knocking Goff into I don't know back to his sophomore year at Cal and, and then Sherman 
and uh, Pete Carroll discussing offense. Yeah, well, I, I told you, Sherman going off on Pete was that. But for me, that was probably the best part of the whole game. That was hysterical. I mean, because like, like his quotes after the game were great. Like, hey, we already saw how that went, and you know, you have to agree with him at some point. He's like thinking, hey, it's first sure. and goal at the one. Do we have to be the smartest guys in the room? Can't we just turn around and maybe even a couple times hand it to the running back before? We go all desperate and try to, you know, throw a pass from the one-yard line. Can't we do what everybody else in this league friggin' does on first and goal at the one? Please? Yeah, we're bullies. We want to just let you know that we're bullies. What does it say when I got to go toss the ball at first and goal from the one? Like, you're stronger than me. You're better than me. I might get in the end zone, but you're just stronger than me. We'll bully somebody. I know. I don't. I don't understand it because a guy like Pete, who is the most competitive guy and loves to, and that's really what that fake punt was about with Pete. That's a message that I'm not, we're not going to stop playing just because you are. We're going to keep scoring. And, and I get your point. I see both sides of that argument. And maybe I'm looking too much at the results. If the punter didn't get hurt, I probably wouldn't care. Um, yeah. But, you know, the same thing at the one-yard line. You would think a guy like Pete would be like, man, we're not going to pass this ball in. No, 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 damn it. We're going to run run you over. You would think, but I don't know. He was in full finesse mode last night, I guess. Uh, he did, you know, do the play, like you said, with the punter. Maybe he was just uh, – I mean, I'm trying punter. to remember because time passes and you forget things. But, I, I mean, I'm looking, thinking back to his days at SC. And, I mean, as, as fun as they were throwing the ball over the place, they'd get down inside the five-yard line, and it was Lendale White time or whoever else the big back was at the time on a team and uh, that was it you know he usually hammered in there or even at worst tossed it to a Reggie Bush but he was going to run the ball and usually I mean it wasn't like first and goal at the one let's go play action and throw it to the tight end I mean that wasn't the norm at least from not what I recall Is that Sarkeesian calling the play yeah, or Kiffin. I forget back then. You know, I mean, the, the, those two guys were uh, – at that point in time, they were winning. They just made up roles for guys. Like, this guy was the offensive coordinator, and this guy was the assistant to the assistant of the head. You know, you're just like, whatever. Uh, one of them called yeah. plays, and one of them did something else that helped call plays. Right. Well, there you go. Um, so, there, there's that. Um, by the way, let's yeah, – I get – well, you know what? We can't – Let's jump into a break. When we get back, though, college coaches are moving around, and there's some interesting things happening, especially down here in the state of Florida. We'll talk about that when we get back after this short break because we've got not many audio clips here. We'll be right back on the Great Iron Stunt Show right after this. This is the end. Beautiful prayer. You high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting, we've got people visiting, we've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen. Yeah, I promised you a short break on the show today. 
gonna be you're gonna get you're gonna get enough of the doors on today's show. <laughs> I love these people at Block Talk Radio. That's my only audio clip today. Unless unless Amos gonna sing for us today. That's gonna be your own audio clip. You got a song you wanna sing for us today, Amos? My buddy. I'm Amos sorry, I lost too. you for. I lost you for a second. I'm here. All right. What was the I question? Was, I just thought it was. I said. uh, are you going to sing for us today? Because we only got one audio clip, so I thought maybe you might want to. Oh, I could do well, yeah, Listen, if, if you want to, if you want to eliminate audience members, uh, you you just let me go. You just tell me when. If you want to thin, I mean, if, you're, if we're just getting too big, and we have like too many people listening to us, and we're shutting down Blog Talk Radio. Just let me sing. That'll solve that problem quick. Keep that in mind, there, uh, my friend. All right, listen, uh, college coaches—they're moving, they're changing, they're flipping around, they're slipping, they're going in and out the back door, and it's get—it's uh, hard to keep up. You know, places like Football Scoop and Coaching Search—they're the hottest Twitter accounts during this time of year. It's kind of how that thing works. December, January, uh, really December. Football Scoop, college football, uh, uh, football or coaching search are the hottest Twitter accounts. I guess January <laughs> recruiting, uh, February. Well, you know, I mean, it, it is that time of the year. You know, we, we run the guy, the previous guy out of town, and we have to find a new one to run out of town three years from now. Yeah, so the latest, I think, since the last time we spoke, uh, is uh, University of Florida defensive coordinator Jeff Collins, uh, heading over to be the head man at Temple. That's the latest. Uh, I don't know when the whole Lane Kiffin thing was done. Did we discuss that on Monday? Uh, sure. uh, Lane Kiffin, yes. We discussed Lane Kiffin getting a, the, his nice job down in Florida now. He's warm. He's happy. Um, on his way out, he took a, it's what seemed like a veiled shot at, at Nick Saban. But the thing you can never figure out with Lane, and this is from years of watching Lane, I'm not sure Lane knows what he means half the time. Like, he takes a veiled shot at, at Saban saying, well, I want to go to a place where we use the word we, basically insinuating, at least from, from what I read, is that he's saying, you know, Saban's an I guy. I did this, I did that, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, he thanked Saban and said that no one, no one wanted him when he got fired from SC and that, he, and that, you know, how great it was that Coach Saban took a chance on him. So I'm not sure what. Lane means well, sometimes. Could he not be right on both of those? Thanks for the shot. Um, and then, like, you were too much. I think that's what happened. Yeah. I, I, I guess. I'm just saying that, you know, yes, he could be right. But why? You know what I'm trying to say? Like, there's no point. If you're going to thank the guy, why do you also want to light him up, too? Do you need to do that? Because Lane has no filter. Well, okay. I mean, you're right, but that that's part of his that's part of his problem. Lane's problem in running a program is you need to develop a filter for some situations, and uh, that would probably have been a decent time for Wayne uh, Lane to develop a filter. Like, listen, just say thank you and leave. That's all. Yeah, it would it would seem uh, that not much has changed with Lane, and uh, that's not good news for FAU. No, I mean we've talked about this. 
I get, listen, if it's a guy who just likes a team and he wants to go have some fun on Twitter, I mean, it's not something I do, but if you want to go break chops, that's great. But this guy was like the offensive coordinator for the premier program in the United States of America. And he was on Twitter this year, you know, after the USC game, uh, you know, trolling uh, USC fans. And then after the Tennessee game, you know, one of those games trolling them. I mean, yeah, it's just like, come on, Lane. You're... You're a 40-year-old man. You want to coach again in college football. Act like one. This is going to be a wild and bumpy ride here. Uh, I'm just wondering who's going to try and poach from that Alabama staff. Because you know he's going to try and take you in there. There's a lot of brilliance, a lot of good coaching, a lot of guys you probably admire in that building over there at Alabama. Who are you going to try and drag with you? One of the names popped around yesterday was Mike Lockley. Uh, who was formerly at Maryland uh, and at Florida, a guy that uh, people regard highly in terms of, uh, you know, on the recruiting trail. And that's something that you're going to need a lot of when you're at, at, at FAU. So his name was being thrown around rather strongly, too, um, which has become the invoke thing to do on Twitter. I'm so disgusted with journalism right now. You know, I just... Uh, it's just well, I mean, journalism, I mean, I, with, at the risk of sounding old, but who cares? We do all the time. I mean, journalism's become um, more about being first, not about being right. And that's in every field. I mean, you, you know me. We talk about this on the show more in the offseason. I'm a huge baseball fan, and so are you. I mean, I shouldn't say me. You are, too. In the summertime, I chuckle at that the sports journalists that sit around in July and make up trades. Every year, I tell you that they make up trades. They sit, it's like two guys in a bar, like you and me. We meet in a bar. I order a beer. You get an orange juice because you don't drink. They hand us the little chips that the bartender does, and we start shooting the you know shooting the bull. And I start saying, "Wouldn't it be cool, Chad, if the Dodgers traded such and such to the Yankees?" And you go, "Yeah, we could send you back." This guy, because that would help write. And then we go out on our on our Twitter or Facebook page or go to ESPN and we report that as a story that the teams are talking. That's what it seems like. And that's sports yeah. journalism. I mean, reported. The stuff that gets reported is, is ridiculous. You know, it's like, come on, man. Let's, why is that news? Like, even Time Magazine has fallen into uh, the ridiculous. Everybody has. Everybody has because they don't. Most of these guys who are still in their minds old school, they don't know how to handle the information age, and young people grew up with it, so they, they don't even know how journalism's supposed to work. So you have this confluence of you have an older generation of journalists that know what the right thing to do is, but they don't know how to handle the marketing and business aspect of it. So they just they're getting caught up in it, and the young people think that that's just the way it works. I'll throw something out there, get a bunch of clicks, and if it's wrong, so what? It's it's really to the point that half stuff like I mean I'm sure on your phone you get sports updates you're like me you like I get the Bleacher Report stuff the stories that come across to me as news sometimes I'll sit there and just literally laugh out loud I got one yesterday something like Dodgers still interested in Brian Dozier that's news I mean they don't have a second baseman right now and if the Twins want to trade a guy who hit thirty some homers well sure they're interested that'd be like me saying to you. Chad Wilson's still interested in free BMW. Well, sure. <laughs> I, I just, I don't get it. It's like, who do we turn to? Uh, you know, Time Magazine yesterday headlined on one of their tweets, Khloe Kardashian is not good at wrapping presents. I mean, these are the people that oh vote man of the year. 
They, now, come on. They didn't. That's on the official Time magazine. You're talking about the magazine you and I used to get in the doctor's office, in the dentist's office when we were little kids, and we'd flip through it because there was really nothing else to read, and you looked at the pictures if you didn't care about what was in there. You're telling me that Time magazine, the real one, put that out there as, as information. The real one, baby. They've gone tabloid wow. on it. So disappointed. Wow. Yeah, what That's are you gonna where do, we are. Man? It's to be... I don't know, man. I, I, I just don't know. I guess we sound like the two old men in the balcony during the Muppet Show. That's where we're at at this point. So, um, if you can yeah, remember well, those guys, maybe next week, maybe next week, you and I can bitch about Christmas and bring the whole thing full circle. Then we'll really be old. Yeah. That's why people can't say Merry Christmas anymore. They got to say Happy Holidays. Holidays were so politically correct, I guess. Nevertheless, um, I guess college bowl season is upon us, and uh, I haven't counted. Amol, have you? How many bowls we got this year? Fifty, sixty. Ah, uh, you count the two playoff games. We're we're at a uh, forty-one. Uh, yeah, let me see. I was in a pool, right? Guy guy sends out a pool where you pick the game, no point spread, and you've got to put your confidence factor on every pick. So you know, one through forty. There's forty-two games when you count with the championship. How long did it take you to do that? Chad, honest to God, I love football. It was like homework. I mean, I mean, trying to go through some of these early bowl games <laughs> and assign them a confidence rating. Like my first one he puts on here is Grambling versus North Carolina Central. Now, I got to tell you something. The only reason I know Grambling is – Pardon? How much do you know about Grambling this year? I'll be I'll, – let me jump out in front and tell you – I know nothing about Grambling football. So, right there. The only reason I know anything about Grambling is Eddie Robinson. I I know they have a great band, and I know there was a movie back in the day, Grambling's White Tiger, because it was an all-black school. Is it still an all-black school? I don't know, but has Doug Doug Williams graduated? Is he still playing there? Oh, yeah, Doug Williams played at Grambling. So, you know what I did. I pick Grambling because I really know nothing about North Carolina Central. I mean, when you're going through some of these games, I mean, and you're trying to say like out of out of 42 points, I'm going to assign seven points to my pick on uh, whatever it is, Appalachian State and Toledo. I mean, oh my God, it was like homework. I don't even know why I got in the pool. I think the the fact that it was 20 bucks to get in and you could win a lot of money, I figured it was like a lottery ticket. It'll give me something to watch. Amazing. Uh, let me throw something out here to you. Um, the, the first bowl season in my life that I really remember being all in, and I watched bowl games before this, but just I sat down and watched a lot of bowl games, uh, more than one, more than just the, like one or two teams I was interested in seeing. It's 1986, okay? Without you getting on a trusty uh, computer, internet machine, and looking it up, I want you to throw out there and guess a number of how many bowl games there were in 1986? Uh, oh, I could probably take a wild guess and get close, I'm going to bet you. Uh, I would say 1986, there was probably, let's see, I was a senior in high school. Boy, I'm really dating myself there. Um, 1986, I would say there's 18 bowl games. You hit the number right on the head. You see, honestly, you know God, did I? I swear to God, right I didn't look head. it up. I swear on my kids, I did not look that up. 18 bowl games, and, you know, that was the Penn State-Miami year, the big upset um, in the Fiesta Bowl. It was that year. 
18 bowl games. And right. here we are. So 30 years later, we have more than double that number. And I, I dare say these bowls are why we can't get a playoff. Agree or disagree? Well, they are. I mean, I gave you, you know, my theory, and I, I don't think my theory is conspiracy or anything else. I mean, the bowls are a way for people to control the, the, the purse strings. And now with the advent of you know, satellite slash massive cable television, they don't care if anyone goes to a bowl game. They need product to put on TV. Think about, for, for folks out there, ESPN was a big deal when we were, when guys our age were kids. When ESPN came about, that was news. And really, the only thing at the time, with it, which was even half worth watching on ESPN in the late 70s, early 80s, was SportsCenter. I mean, I don't know if people who are our age remember this. ESPN literally to fill airtime, used to have Australian rules football, which is like a cross between rugby and our football. They run around with a ball, and they boot it, and it goes between these posts, and there's guys in white suits giving you the point, did it go through the the, the post, and it was crazy, right? That was on ESPN. Right. Now ESPN has come to the point that they have whatever they have, six or seven channels. I don't know how, how many ESPNs they are. Now you have every major network basically with their own sports channel. I mean, ESPN being part of ABC Disney, you've got CBS Sports Network, you've got NBC Sports Network, you've got Fox Sports 1, which is different than Fox Sports. So these outlets all need something to put on. Why do you think, to digress a little, why do you think college basketball is starting like the beginning of November? When we were kids, maybe, maybe, and I'm trying to think, it was either the beginning of December or even the middle you'd start to get teams playing, ex, you know, not exhibitions, but out-of-conference holiday tournament type stuff. But you're talking, it starts basically the first week in November now. They need stuff to put on TV. And to your point in the bowl games, they don't care if there's 10,000 people in the stands because they're going to throw it on one of these obscure channels. They know enough people have, are either home from work uh, or want to gamble or both, and they're going to watch it. For for no other reason, they're going to get enough eyeballs to sell advertising, and that's all they care about. Yeah, uh, and, and and you know that's the deal. It just ends up being programming for them. Uh, I don't remember. I know I know the I know the big bowl games had sponsors, names attached to them. Like so, okay, Sunkiss Fiesta Bowl. Um, I don't know if FedEx was the sponsor of the Orange Bowl back then, but did all the bowls? Yeah, the FedEx, FedEx did the Orange Bowl. FedEx had the Orange Bowl. Yeah, so did the – and then I guess, okay, the, and then the Holiday Bowl was SeaWorld, right? Do we remember? I think that's what I it was. I believe the Holiday the, – I, yeah, I believe SeaWorld because it was in San, yeah, San Diego. I think they did the Holiday Bowl, yeah. Well, who sponsored the Rose Bowl? God, you have to hit me with my favorite bull, and I, I, I'm embarrassed. Yeah. I, I, I don't remember. Maybe they didn't have one. That's the other thing. No way in hell. It's yeah, you're probably right. There is no way in hell. There was really a sponsor. Now we have to look that up. But um, yeah, all these sponsors. You've got all these channels, and now we've got 41 bowl games. I mean, pro- is, uh, someone's in this. Someone's in the bowl games this year. With a five and seven record, I I know I saw that, and I thought you had to win six games. Well, because with, they ran out of teams, this is what's funny too. They ran out of teams that were qualified. So when they run out of teams, let me explain the rules here for the audience. 
you have to be six wins or better. So if they run out of teams that have six wins, the next criteria is they, they go to the five-win teams that have the best graduation rates under that NCAA program that they put out the numbers what? every year. of. What? Yeah. Is this real? That Yeah, that gives you your first shot. Uh, the graduation rates are one of the first drivers for those five-win teams. Yeah. Does that not send you a message when you run out of teams? You run out of teams. Well, it sends sports fans like us a message. But if you think about it, people, if if you want to end the madness, what you have to do is leave the TV off. And it's like I always say, until you vote with your money, you're giving them tacit approval of the system by continuing to watch this. I, I mean, that's really what's happening. By you're saying, hey, you know what? I know, I know you're going to complain, and there's going to be Twitter rants and Facebook rants. But at the end of the day, we know your TV's on, so we don't really care. Good God, man! This is a participation trophy for crying out loud. You're five and seven. You don't belong in a bowl game. Mississippi State five and seven. Hawaii six and seven. North Texas is five and seven. I dare not even start getting into the teams that are six and six because it's a buttload of. I mean, uh, uh, oh, it's it, see. My rule for bowls would be simple. I think you should have to have a winning record. Period. At worst, that, I think you should be seven and five. You've got. I mean, while we're sitting here, there's one, two, three, four, five. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. For the love of God, so far I've got 17 teams, 6 and 6, in bowl games. And then I think another uh, 3. Then you got another 3 that are below 500. 20 teams. Right. And, and uh, now put yourself on the other end of that, by the way. Now, you're a team. You have a good year. You know, you go 8-4, and 9-3, and 10-2. and two, You got a good te- you had a good season. And you end up in one of these bowl games against the 6-6 six and six team. What's Baylor this year? Was Baylor 6-6? Six and six? They, couldn't have been, they couldn't have been much better. But let's see okay, I think they were 6-6. Six and six. For the point of my this discussion, yeah. until you get a chance to see it, let's assume I'm right and Baylor was 6-6. Six and six. They're playing they Boise State, who had another good year at ten and two. How would you like to be a kid on Boise State? Your reward for being ten and two, instead of getting a good opponent in a game that you can be excited and happy that you won, is Baylor. It's almost like, well, if you don't win, it's a disappointment, and if you do win, well, we beat a six and six team. Yep, that's exactly right. Baylor six and six taking on Boise State ten and two. How about this one, Emil? Uh <laughs> Given what we know now. Temple is going to play Wake Forest, who is six and six in a bowl game. Uh, what's Temple think if they can't win since Wake Forest is giving out the play? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're losing their coach. I mean, I think Temple, because of the fine season they've had, they should send Temple the plays because they deserve to win that game. Just based on the season, it's a shame they lost their coach before the bowl game because Temple had themselves a really good year. So I vote for for Wake Forest giving out the plays to Temple. Yeah, man. I, I mean, um, they're giving you the answers to the test. You can't flunk the test. Now, this game just got really, really hard for Temple. But anyway, 
we got a good slate of games. Uh, by good, I mean a mountain of games coming up before we're uh, our next football Friday uh, telecast. And did I use that word telecast? Makes me kind yeah, of Yeah, so we'll tell the – what we're going to do, guys, uh, for the audience, is we're going to pick the games from every Friday that we're on through the following Thursday. We're going to try to – most weeks there's going to be three in the next three weeks. So we're going to basically give you three games every week. So by the end you'll have uh, nine of our bowl picks, right? Yeah, so um, we, we, we should. So we're going to pick three games today. Um, just running through the slate of games here. We've got a real, uh, we've got a real exciting one coming up uh, tomorrow at 2 p.m. Uh, if you're, uh, if, if you got anything to do at all tomorrow, I, I suggest you step aside and, and delay it because uh, UT San Antonio is going to be taking on New Mexico, and you don't want to miss this game. <laughs> May I make a suggestion as the co-host? Why don't we do this? Why don't we do this? Let's give out our picks because I have a feeling what's going to happen is because there's not, you know, we have probably a slate of about eight to nine games here in the next week if I count them up. Why don't we give out our picks? We'll see which ones we hit. You know, we can discuss them. I'll give out mine. You give out yours. If we miss a game that maybe anybody wants to pay attention to that we didn't talk about, we'll go back and look and see. It's not a you know, there's only one game on this slate that I would say is something that, you know, I'll probably try to watch a good chunk of, and that would be the, the Houston-San Diego State game if it ends up being a decent game. So why don't we do that? We'll see which ones we miss. If we don't talk, you know, if one of us doesn't pick that, maybe we could talk a little bit about it. Is that fair? Because there's some games on. Are you saying this because you don't want us to give our full analysis on the UT-San Antonio versus New Mexico game? Well, I'm saying we've got to pick some games, and and I, and I actually picked that game, so you might as well listen to me give my analysis. And if you have something to laugh at or add to it, or pick yourself when you get to it, you can pick it. I have a feeling we're going to hit most of these. You picked the New Mexico Bowl. I did. Is that what you're telling me? Yes. I'm, I'm, that's what I'm telling you. You're going to the Degenerate Hall of Fame uh, right now. First ballot. Oh, I'm a first ballot first. Hall of Famer, sure. But, I mean, <laughs> somebody's oh, got to pick it. Well, okay, listen, so you're up. Degener- I'm up. Okay, so we go into the bowl season. First, let me recap. Chad had himself a decent college season. Not up to uh, Neither was up to our standards. At least he was a winner. He was 23-19 and 19 so far as we head into the bowls. Um, while I was 18 wins, 23 losses, and a tie, and actually had to have a good final two weeks in the season to get to that point. So we head into the Bulls. Let's start off. I'm going to give my three picks. I'm coming right out of the shoot. Pardon me, Chad? I'm going undefeated this bowl season. I'm just letting you know that. You might. You've always been been a guy who dominated the bowl season. There's no doubt about that. Over the years, I know you. You've been great in bowls. See what you're doing. Okay, here we go. New Mexico Bowl, everybody sit down, okay? We've got New Mexico's giving 7.5 to UT San Antonio. Now, I understand that everybody's going to probably want to jump New Mexico in this game. Careful. I'm going to take UT San Antonio plus the 7.5. I looked down their slate of games, and if you really look, early in the season – they lost a nine-point game to Colorado State, who's in a bowl, a four-point game to Arizona State from the Pac-12. Old Dominion beat them by a couple touchdowns. That was early. This is all in September. Old Dominion's in a bowl. They won some games. Then after that, 
a three-point loss to UTEP. Louisiana Tech blew them out, and A&M they played great with. A&M beat them 23 to 10. This is a team that you know you, these two teams are probably more evenly matched than most of us know because we're not spending a lot of time watching football. We can only go by opponents, and I think UT San Antonio played a pretty decent schedule and played well against some of the bigger schools. So I'll grab seven and a half points here and figure they're they're going to be very excited to be in a bowl game. It's is UT San Antonio. Um, Moving right along, one of the better bowl games, I mean, we're making fun here, but this isn't a bad game. Appalachian State's playing Toledo. Uh, both teams are 9-3. and three. Uh, Toledo's a one-point favor right now. I'm going to grab App State here, uh, plus the one. Uh, you made some early in the year for fans out there, if you remember. This was a team that played Tennessee very tough. Um, if you check them out, they play pretty good defense over there. I, I mean, I'm looking at this game earlier this week, and I said, my God, Appalachian State's only giving up 326 yards a game, which in today's college football almost makes you like the 85 Bears, the way they throw the ball around. Um, Toledo's never really been a school very interested in playing much defense. And in these kind of games, I think a team like App State can slow them down a little bit. And then because of Toledo's weakness defensively, uh, App State will score enough that I think you know they, they get the win here. And uh, maybe double digits. I think they're going to be very excited to be in a bowl game, a lot more so, so than Toledo, who goes to one every year. Um, and then finally, we cruise along. And let me find the day for you guys here as we move down. Uh, we got December 19th, which is next Monday. We have Tulsa. Uh, who had a pretty decent season themselves? Uh, they believe they were nine and three. They're playing Central Michigan, who's six and six. Um, the game is the Miami Beach Bowl, which tells me, Chad, will you be at that game? Are you drunk? I'm, I, I'm, I'm not no. going to be at that game unless someone comes okay. by. Okay, Tulsa's a twelve and Tulsa's a twelve and a half point favorite. Okay, besides the fact that I just think they're the better team based on the body of work, which is obvious. I think they're going to blow out Central Michigan here. These schools up in the MAC tend to have quite a few kids from the Florida area that didn't get recruited to bigger schools, um, the, the the South Florida area, and you could take the tack that they're not going to want to get beat at home. I take the tack more that they're going to come down there, see their friends, hang out, and you know they're six and six. It's not like they're a great team that's going to win on just pure talent. I think Tulsa goes to Miami Beach. Uh, and wants to get a bowl win, get a 10-win season under their belt, which is a big deal. And I think they just blow out Central Michigan here, so I'll lay the 12.5. So there you have it. Uh, first first set of bowl games, we're going UT San Antonio plus 7.5, Appalachian State plus 1, Tulsa minus 12.5. Outstanding. I, I'm just looking at the names of the teams picked. I'm... I'm I know there's t- somewhere, somewhere, somewhere here. There's a Gamblers Anonymous commercial that we can make. Oh, I get it, but we have to pick them. That is our lot in life. We are football analysts. I'm gonna reach out to them to see if they want to buy some some ads on the uh, Okay, um, continuing in the degenerate theme, but not so. Uh, these are two marquee names in uh, college football, uh, and I'm talking about the Las Vegas Bowl. Houston versus San Diego State um, should be pretty easy to see where I'm going with this. Houston ride with a new coach. Tom Herman has ridden out of town, had some trouble with some teams this year. They're facing a San Diego State team who I think for the first time in their history um, has had back-to-back double-digit win seasons. As I'm going through the history of San Diego State, 48 years, I'm not seeing that anywhere. Rocky Long is the man. You understand? He's the man. 
down there in San Diego State. So 11 and three last year. When you include their Hawaii Bowl victory, 10 and three again, a chance to go 11 and three for the second time in two years. Um, I don't think that's something that these guys are going to want to let go by. And they've got a 2,000-yard rusher, which means San Diego State's not they physical football team. And for someone like Houston, who's going to be disinterested, given uh, last year they were playing for much more higher stakes, I just don't see them being able to get up for this contest. Also, they're the favorite in this in this uh, bowl game. And I just think the San Diego State, it means more to them than it does to, to Houston. And uh, I think they want to complete that 11-3 and season. They want to send Donald Pumphrey out the way that he should go. Again, a 2,000-yard rusher. I like San Diego State a lot, especially getting points in this game. I've got them at uh, plus 3.5. I don't know what you have them at on your end. But, uh, uh, I got plus 3.5 as well. So you're taking San Diego State plus 3.5. I like that pick. I thought about that game. Um, I, I don't know. You know, I think when they went with Applewhite, I felt a little bit less sure of the, the disarray Houston would be in, but I still like San Diego State. I think I think Houston really isn't going to be too excited about this game. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll just, I, I mean, I agree with that, and, and history has shown that how that thing goes. Okay, Central Florida taking on Arkansas State. Man, I'm going to rebuke these 500 football teams and these sub-500 football teams, especially when uh, it's Central Florida – laying six points in, in this football game. I'm just, I don't know if I can buy that. And it's the Cure Bowl, by the way, uh, I'm talking about. Arkansas State comes into this contest. They're 7-5 on their last game against Texas State. They closed out the year strong. They were rough early, lost four games right off the bat. But uh, since then, closed out the season, winning seven of their last eight football games. Their lone loss on the road they just have a winning state of mind, a winning culture, a winning mindset, and I think they're going to play this game really, really hard against Central Florida. Central Florida just really trying to climb back up to where they were, and I just think making them a six-point favorite in this game puts them at a disadvantage. I like Arkansas State to uh, keep this thing close and possibly even win this Cure Bowl. So I think they're a live dog at 7-5, again, rebuking the 500 teams. We're just going to have to see how that works out. I'm saying no. Uh, and then finally, I'm going to go with a Wyoming team that's been, you know what, they've been, they've been maligned, you know, for a lot here. Um, dressing up as underdogs quite a bit. Yes, they've lost three of their last four games, um, and they've had some, they played some poor defense in those contests. Um, but I think I, I like them in this contest. BYU, not the BYU we're used to, even though they closed out the year kind of strong, it's not the same BYU team. I think there's a little bit of name recognition cheese on this line. I went with Wyoming in the final, in the uh, in the Mountain West Championship game uh, as big underdogs. They did me well. They ended up losing the game, but they did me well. I'm going to go to the well again and take 8-5 Wyoming uh, as an 8.5-point favorite in the point setia bowl. Um, and, yeah, uh, I, I kind of agree with you. I think it's. I think this is another tough game where it's tough for the uh, the favorite to get up for the game. Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the ride on that, and that's our college bowl. Uh, that's our college bowl. But are there any of these other bowl games, Emil, that you feel we need to talk about? Memphis, Western Kentucky. Yeah, maybe. I, my only interest in this yeah. game is that uh, there's a defensive back that I train that plays for Memphis. Chauncey Lanier, and then the quarterback for Western Kentucky, former university school 
product. So, I mean, that's my lone interest. Well, for the fans out there, I'd like to note that, you know, if you're looking at that game to do whatever you're going to do, you happen to be browsing, you know, by the sports book, or you're walking by the sports book in Las Vegas, uh, I believe Western Kentucky's coach is out. He's on his way someplace else. So that's always something to consider in those games. I mean, you know, you have a new coach. Um, that that'll, that's final score could resemble what the Western Kentucky-Memphis basketball game will look like. I mean, there's probably going to be a lot of points and not much interest in defense there. So, Yeah, little reason for anyone to play defense in this contest. So, um, I mean, if you're into the whole over thing, and what is that number two, by the way? Throw that out there for us. Ooh, let me – Jeez. Yeah, I mean, you're really you, – 79, yeah. Yeah. I'd be interested so. – some of the totals for some basketball games on Saturday and match them up against some of the totals we have in these bowl games. So 79 is way up there. Well, there was but a basketball game last night. I saw this, Chad. East Carolina played in a basketball game last night. They lost 53-35. So there was probably less points scored in that East Carolina basketball game than some of these bowl games going to go down this bowl season. Oh, I'm almost sure of it, and that's been the trend the last few I mean, look, when you put 82 teams in bowl games, the 119 Division One teams, 82 of them are in bowl games. Does that make sense to you? Is that you right? Uh, listen, you're no, it doesn't make any sense. We're, we're beating a dead horse. It doesn't make sense to the audience either. So, well, God forbid, college football does something that the uh, the viewer wants. But nevertheless, all right, 82 bowl games seems like a good time for us to take a break because we're getting a little long winded here. Let's take a quick break. When we get back, it's NFL time on the Great Iron Stud Show. Stay with us. We'll be right back right after this. This is the end. Beautiful prayer. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. we got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up. And let yourself be seen. Yeah. 10.50 here on the Great Iron Stud Show, Football Friday edition. Fans, if you're into uh, fantasy sports, if you know uh, what it is you think you know, we got a lot of geniuses around us, especially, you know, in the offices, guys that know everything about football. Man, put your genius to use. Head on over to FanDuel.com right now and engage in fantasy, daily fantasy football. You don't have to uh, get locked into one roster for the entire season. Every weekend is a new season at FanDuel.com. So you can head over there right now um, and you can get a credit card and uh, easy to get into these games. Just head on over to the lobby to have games for a dollar, two dollars, five dollars, depending on just how much you want to take home with uh, your genius. Um, and I'm not saying that, you know, tongue in cheek. Some guys are really, really smart at this thing. So you can profit from it and you're doing something that you love. Um, and that is the game of football. You can do basketball as well at FanDuel.com. So head over there right now. They got beginners games. They got elite games. You can do it all. So uh, check it out. 
right now. FanDuel.com, head on over there. Put, uh, and use the, uh, the code, promo code, Gridiron Studs. Get yourself a bonus right now. FanDuel.com. All right, kind of butchered that one there, but nevertheless, we're back on. Um, it's NFL time here on the Gridiron Stud Show. You know, I've said this, Emil, but, um, you know, we, 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 we're, I don't know if that's great radio, but we're going to do it today. You ready? We're going we're gonna to run through each one of these NFL games. We're at this time in the season, Emil, where it's uh, all of these games probably mean something. So, um, you down for that? Are you yeah, able? we'll go. Let's go through them all. And then, you know, if we have a pick like we always do, we could say, well, i got a pick on that. We'll wait till the end of the segment. Do you want to, do you want to first do the games, or would you like to go through our uh, fantasy picks? No, we'll hit the we'll hit the fantasy on the way out the door. Why don't why don't we do that? That makes sense. Okay, because we're five and five, and this is you know I I I let you get back in it because it makes for better radio. Now I'm going to step on the you gas the last three weeks and put you away. Interesting train of thought there. You know what? Why don't we do go fantasy? And we'll just close this thing out with our with our picks. How about that? So we'll go we'll go fantasy, and we'll do like we did last week. You pick your quarterback. I'll pick my quarterback. Right in and so on and so forth as we go through. Okay. Uh, and you can a, give everybody the salaries on these guys since you're the maven of, of what these guys will cost everybody to, to take, uh, you know, understanding. I mean, if anybody's new to the show uh, and you say, why is this guy picking whatever Jameis Winston and not taking Aaron Rodgers? Because we have a salary cap. I mean, obviously we know who the best players are, but you have to fit them within your salary cap the same way you do it at FanDuel. So, that said, I'm going to start off with a quarterback. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take Dak Prescott from, from my Dallas Cowboys. No, uh, Dak, Dak Prescott. He sucks, according to everyone right now. I'm yeah, he sucks, right. Tony, let's put Tony Romo in because Tony Romo won, and I'm a Tony Romo fan, two playoff games in 10 years. Um, listen, Dak Prescott had a, an average game on the road at Minnesota. They won the game. He had a bad game against the Giants on the road in December veterans have done that let's not act like he's the first guy that's ever done it i'm sure if i go back and look troy aikman did it when the cowboys were winning a lot okay this stuff happens it's the nfl folks the giants know the cowboys the cowboys know the giants dak prescott's a winner this kid is confident and this is the kind of game where i'm looking for him to 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 harness everything he heard even though he says he shuts it out and go out there and play himself a good football game. Wouldn't surprise me if he threw two or three touchdown passes here, went over 250 yards passing. So I think you can get him lower than a lot of the other quarterbacks, save a little money for some other players. I'm going to grab Dak Prescott. Emil, you know, a lot of people are here saying that this is a must-win game for Dak Prescott. Have you been hearing that? Yeah, but I mean, come on, that's stating the obvious. At this stage of the year, with everything in front of you, they're all, listen, the Cowboys are tied for the best record in the league. They have the best record in the NFC. They can clinch home field and their division this weekend, potentially. They're all must-wins. It doesn't matter who's playing quarterback. I mean, is it must-win the season's over if they lose? No. But, I mean, it's it's a big game, sure. I am, uh, it's not, I'm, I'm not talking about it's a must win for the Cowboys. I'm talking about it's a must win for Dak, or they're saying he's headed back, he's headed to the bench. Uh, I think that if you're going to do that, I mean, the only way I'd put Romo in a game, and because Prescott's young, is if my intention was always to put Prescott back to start the next game. I mean, if you say, listen, it's just like a pitcher's having a bad day, 
you know, let's change it up and see if we can win one, depending on the situation. And I'm really saying depending. I'd need to see all the context at the time, what's going on. Maybe I'd be okay with that, and I say maybe. But for me, you rode this kid to an 11-2 and record, you got to ride the horse. That's it. You just got to ride him. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm with you on that, but we'll see what prevails here. If, if for some reason, the Cowboys lose and Prescott doesn't have an impressive football game. My quarterback this week is going to be a sub-in. As uh, everyone knows down here, Ryan Tannehill dodged an ACL tear uh, at the end of the game last week. Everyone was pretty sure that's what had happened. Luckily for him, it's just a sprain. But it's going to keep him out of this game this week against the New York Jets. This might be a little bit of a godsend for the, for the Miami Dolphins. Um, you're playing a divisional opponent who's pretty familiar with how it is you do things, but you're throwing a monkey wrench into the whole plan by you got a backup quarterback in. So that means there's some tendencies that are going to be broken here, some different plays that are going to be run. And I think that's going to work in favor not only for the Dolphins, but for Matt Moore, who you can obviously get on the cheap this week since he's the backup quarterback. I think if anything, the Jets will gear up to stop the running game with Jay Ajayi. And um, to do that, they're going to load up the box and make uh, that have more pass-friendly um, coverages thrown out there for Matt Moore, uh, someone that the Dolphins have a good amount of confidence in seeing as though he has had some extensive time off the bench playing for the Miami Dolphins. So they're not going to overly shrink the playbook, if at all, for Matt Moore, who's a, uh, definitely a guy who takes pride in being prepared for games as a backup. And I think that's what you're going to get here. And I think Matt Moore has a chance to uh, put together a pretty good football game for the Dolphins. And again, Saving yourself some money. Only going to cost you 6 k uh, By the way, Prescott is going to cost you 7.9K, um, 7900 uh, over there at FanDuel. Matt Moore, $6,000 going to cost you. Wow, okay, I like the logic. And you know what? The Jets The Jets got their win for the month of de- December. They might, have, they might be checking out for these next two or three games. So, yeah, I understand the logic. Let's go to the running back position. And uh, I'm going to go with LeGarrette Blount. Uh, he, there's a guy in New England that finally has given Belichick. I think this is what Belichick loves. He's got a guy that he can hammer this year and then let Brady go nuts. Um, he watched the film of what the Raiders, uh, how the Raiders attack the Broncos running the football. If the Broncos have a weakness on that defense, it isn't the pass side. They, they, can, they can shut you down in the passing game, but they have some trouble stopping the run. And Bill Belichick tends to watch some film every, I heard every once in a while. He'll see that, yeah. and I think he'll he'll feed this guy, especially with Gronkowski out, and then you know at the right times go over the top to use the pass. But I have a feeling this game will feature uh, Blunt, and I at that point I'm gonna I'm gonna grab him. What's that gonna cost me? It's gonna cost you six thousand three hundred at FanDuel, and you know I like the pick. But, you know, as, as I found out a couple of weeks ago, and, I, you know, we all know this to be true, I just get nervous when I pick a running back for the New England Patriots because they just seem to be able to put anyone back there. You know, you'll go, you'll pick LeGarrette Blount, and then James White, for some reason, ends up being the guy because that's who Bill thought should yeah. Well, I'm looking at the body of work here, and I, I just think that a, in a big game like this against a team like Denver, um, you know, he's got 14 touchdowns on the years. So I'm figuring he finds the end zone somewhere when they get down there and maybe even rips off a 100-yard game here because I think they're going to – the Patriots need to fine-tune now for the playoffs. And this is an excellent time to, to look at an opponent and say, how do we want to attack them? And let's not play flag football because their weakness 
is defending the run. Let's run at them. Let's attack them at their weakness. Makes sense. And again, sixty-three hundred dollars is what uh, is what Legarrette Blount is going to cost you. Um, and and uh, you know we'll just have to see if Legarrette Blount is the guy. He has been. He's their primary back. So they're being smart. And who am I to to say that? But they're being smart. Blount's your guy this weekend, and you know you'll stand you'll you'll uh, you'll stand a good chance with that one. All right, with the money I saved at quarterback this weekend, I'm going to pour it into my running back this week. I, I'm not in love with the running back choices uh, once you get past the top guys. So, um, you know, I'm going to I'm going to put some money into the running back position this week, and I'm going to go with Lashawn McCoy. Uh, didn't have, you know, the the greatest. I mean, his game last week against Pittsburgh didn't entirely match up with what he's had the past few weeks. So, uh, here comes Cleveland to town, and it's a home game. You just came off of a loss to Pittsburgh, and it just looks like a spot where uh, against this team that LaShawn McCoy can put up and do numbers. And so I'm going to back him on this one. It's pretty expensive. It's going to cost you $9,000. But, again, we're saving money with Matt Moore. I'm going to take some of that money and allocate it to my running back because I really want a kind of a for sure thing. So I was thinking, uh, either I'm going with Le'Veon Bell, a little bit too expensive for our salary cap that we have here. So I'm going to I'm going to throw it on LaShawn McCoy taking on a Cleveland team that uh, has been searching hard but can't anywhere in their little bag find a win in the 2016. Yeah, season. I mean I like McCoy. McCoy's had McCoy's had a great year up there given the circumstances and uh, against Cleveland, you got to figure he has a decent day. So I, I like your your logic there. If you're going to spend big money on a back, he's probably. Oh, the guy I'd be grabbing myself, and, and you know, you spent big money, but he should produce for you. Now, let's go to wide receiver. I'm going to take the famous Terrell Williams from Western Oregon. He is the leading receiver for the San Diego Chargers, who happen to find themselves at home this week playing the Oakland Raiders. And you know, this game has all the makings of what could turn into a little bit of a track meet. The Raiders like to throw the ball over the place. They like to score points. Charger Raider games over the years, they've played forever for 50. You know, these these two old AFL rivals, um, they tend to get crazy. And this just has a feeling to me of a game where, you know, you get two gunslingers like Carr and Rivers, balls flying all over the place. And I can grab San Diego's leading receiver. who's going for a 1,000-yard season. He'll probably maybe get it this weekend if I'm lucky. He's already got six touchdowns. I can get him relatively on the cheap and fit him under the cap. So I'm going to use Terrell Williams. All right, we'll see how that works. I mean, I don't think a lot of people know that he is the leading receiver over there for the San Diego Chargers, so we'll see how that works out. I'm going to go with a guy with, I don't know if you, was it last week that you picked Richard Matthews? I know you picked, it was last week. Oh, I uh, it was probably two weeks ago I used him. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a hidden gem. He's, he's a guy that can play yeah, some football. I'm going to jump on a hidden gem this week. You know, when people think of, uh, you know, Kansas City Chiefs who are having a great season, they think an awesome, outstanding uh, defense and all that stuff. Mm, not true. 27th ranked season ball, fighting for their playoff lives. Um, they're going 100% at these Kansas City Chiefs, who may be a little giddy after the Oakland win and them claiming first spot there in a very competitive AFC West. There may be a tad bit of a letdown for the Kansas City Chiefs in this contest, and you know that would certainly open it up for a team like Tennessee that's playing good ball right now, getting good play out of their quarterback. Um, and if Marcus Mariota is continuing all with his good play, that has to mean he's getting some footballs out there to Rashard Matthews, who plays uh, who plays some pretty 
decent ball. He was off last week, only picked up three, you know, three fantasy points. I'd, I'd like him to bounce back this week. So I'm going to go with Rashad Matthews, costing you 5800 over at FanDuel. Okay, uh, I like probably. that. And I like the way you, you slipped in McCoy there using a lot of money, and you got a guy who you can get relatively cheap in Matthews. I like where you took that, and I agree with what you're saying on that Kansas City defense. It's an opportunistic defense. They work on taking the ball away. But they tend to let you move the ball until it gets in tight, down tight, and then they, they stiffen up. So that leads, at worst, to a lot of yards for him. And if he can crack the end zone once or twice for you, that could be a potentially big day. We'll see. Somebody is going to pull ahead in this little fan duel, fantasy focus thing that we've got going on. So a little bit of drum here on the Gridiron Special. Somebody's winning and going to 6-5 and five and moving above 500 this week. We'll have to see. Yeah, exactly. that's true. Yes, all right. We've that got is football true. Coming I, I, By the way, Emil, this is a Saturday football game. How'd they slide that one in there on? Well, again, they need some programming. The colleges are, you know, they're not going to be a ton of eyeballs, I suspect, on these college bowls. So what better than to slip in an NFL game on a Saturday? Well, I'm I'm happy for it. It's a game that I have a pick on. It's the Dolphins taking on the New York Jets. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to pass on talking about it right now. Or do you want to jump into these picks immediately? What, what do you want to? Yeah, do? jump on them, and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, then we'll cover games we miss. I want to hear what you have to say. Well, don't, don't keep me waiting. I'm the co-host. Uh, I'm going to lay all these picks out here for you. I'm going to back the Miami Dolphins in this one again, uh, as I explained in taking Matt Moore. Uh, a bit of a curveball being thrown here to the New York Jets. Uh, Jets are out of this thing at 4-9. and nine. I'm not sure where their morale is. Dolphins at 8-5 and five are a playoff team. Um, you know, Matt Moore, again, a an adequate and prepared backup who's played before, not an entirely cold guy coming off the bench. So I don't know that uh, much is going to change in terms of the playbook. Just the tendencies, I think, are going to be a little bit different with Matt Moore there. And that works for the Miami Dolphins. So I'm going to back them as a small favorite in this game on the road at two and a half. If you have a different number, just let me know. Um, staying no, you're good. With, okay, so staying in tune with what I did in fantasy, um, I talked about those Kansas City Chiefs, and it's got to be all types of happy about what they did in their last game against Oakland and uh, getting themselves in the first place. But here comes a very, a, a pretty decent Tennessee team playing good football right now. And for the Chiefs, this is that sandwich game. You just came off of Oakland. Next week you got Denver, two very important games in between. You've got the Titans. It's up for them to focus here. And uh, they're given a good amount of points. I, I've got them at four and a half. I don't, you know, maybe five. Where, where are you at? Five and a half. Number five and a half, my friend. Five. Okay, well, great. Uh, I was cheating myself big time there. So I'm going to take Tennessee at five and a half. Good quarterback play, solid. They can run the football. They can play some decent defense, and they're playing a team that might not be in the right frame of mind for them. So I'm going to take Tennessee as a five and a half point underdog in this game. And then call me crazy, um, Baltimore Ravens coming off of a loss. They should be a slam dunk for a win at home. But I just think odds makers have put too much on them right here. Uh, as a six-point favorite. I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Emil, Baltimore's taking on Pittsburgh. They're at Pittsburgh next week. So even though they're coming off of the loss, I don't like them as a big favorite in this game ahead of uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers game. And I really want to go back and do some research. Should have done that. Just how good are is Baltimore in weeks right ahead of the Pittsburgh game? I'm going to imagine it's probably not all that great. So the big favorites here against the Philadelphia team that 
is really out of the playoffs and, you know, can just be a little bit more loose. And I think that makes them a dangerous team. So I'm going to back the Eagles as six-point underdogs in this contest. All right. So recap that quickly. Dolphins, two-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, I'm going to take Tennessee as a five-and-a-half-point underdog at Kansas City. Uh, And I'm going to take the Philadelphia Eagles as solid six-point favorites in their game on the road against. Six-point underdogs. You're getting Philly plus six. Okay. Um, I like, you know, I, I can't disagree really with anything you said there. I mean, Baltimore is one of those teams that, you know, they, they, they tend to have trouble scoring and the Eagles will still be playing hard because they're, they're working toward a future and they have a new coach and, you know, there's guys that are playing for jobs in Philadelphia. So I, I see what you're going doing there. And I'm going to start off taking points early here. Um, mm-hmm. there's a big game this week in case no one noticed the New York giants in second place in the NFC East at nine and four are playing the first place. Detroit Lions in the NFC North at 9-4. and four. Here's the thing. The Giants just won a really big game against the Cowboys last week, okay? They play well against the Cowboys uh, so far this year. But if you, what got masked and what usually happens in victory is things get masked. The Giants' offense was shut down. They hit one play. Thank you, Odell Beckham Jr. 10-7 win. They three turnovers by Eli Manning. And really, it could have been six. Barry Church dropped two interceptions because he's playing with a cast on his arm. And Justin Durant just missed a big fourth quarter diving interception. So it could have been five or six turnovers. The Giants' offense is struggling. The Giants are 9-4. and four. They're 8-2 and two in games decided by eight points or less, meaning they tend to play close games. And now you're asking them off a big win against the Cowboys with divisional games coming up against the Eagles and Redskins to play a very good Detroit team and beat them, basically handle them, because they're giving them four points. I know Matt Stafford's got some issues, but the Lions have been a team that played close all year. I'll gladly take four points with a first-place club here. And if you've been paying attention to what's going on here, the, the Detroit Lions are a 9-4 and four football team. That gives them the second-best record right now, tied with some other teams. In the yeah. NFC, I mean, the Cowboys slip up here a little bit. The Detroit Lions are fighting for the number one seed. The Detroit, the Detroit Lions. Well, the Cowboys don't even have to slip up. Well, they'd have to slip up in this week, but they, the Lions play them on Monday Night Football next week. The Detroit, so I'm going to say it again: Detroit Lions. Yeah, let, let me let me lay this out for people. The Lions here. If they beat the Giants and get to 10 and 4 and the Cowboys were to lose to the Buccaneers and go to 11 and 3 the Lions by beating the Cowboys the following Monday night would be the number 1 seed in the NFC What do you think Calvin Johnson is sitting around somewhere saying right now Um who knows because this happens in football it's the ultimate team game and a lot of times when you remove a guy like Johnson you also remove the pressure that comes with needing to get him his catches and sometimes a guy like Stafford becomes a better quarterback because he can't focus on one guy he's throwing the ball around if you remember early in the year you and I talked about this you remember those three or whatever it was three or four games Des Bryant was out it was like he did. Well, it didn't matter, right? The Cowboys were just throwing the ball over the place. Remember that? They were scoring thirty some points yeah. a game. Abel, the Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions. Unbelievable. The Motor City Kitties. Well, anyway, I'm taking them plus four. Now, 
moving right along, here's one that's going to get some people. What is he talking about? Green Bay Packers are five-and-a-half-point road favorites against the Chicago Bears. You see what the Packers did last week? They absolutely dismantled the Seattle Seahawks at home. Killed them, right? Killed them. I'm going to grab the Bears plus five-and-a-half at home. This is a rivalry game. There's some extra cheese, and here, here's the thing with the Bears. While they're three and ten, their spread record is six and seven, so they're almost a 500 club versus the point spread. Quietly, Matt Barkley's played very well since being asserted at quarterback. Now, he's not he's not playing at a Pro Bowl level, but he's also not making stupid mistakes. The Bears' defense is only allowing 326 yards a game this season, placing them in the upper upper third of the league. They're only giving up 22 points a game. They have trouble scoring. I have a feeling this is going to be one of those old-fashioned slobber knockers uh, played in semi-bad weather where it's really cold. There's not a lot of points. Uh, I think the Packers may get the win, but they could lose this game outright. I could easily see the Bears upsetting them here. I'll grab five-and-a-half points at home with the Chicago Bears. Uh, They'd love nothing more than to spoil the Packers' season. Yeah, tough spot for the for the Packers, believe it or not, out there for you know coming off of that win and then going to Chicago, a divisional opponent. I agree with you. Yeah, and then finally, you know, you can go back and look at my picks. I usually, matter I'm looking through them. I don't know if I picked them yet this year. I stay away from my team, but I really like my team this week. I do. Um, I know the Buccaneers have won five games in a row. Yep, I get that. Uh, the line makes me raise an eyebrow because the Buccaneers come in eight and five. They've won five in a row. Cowboys played horribly last Sunday night, yet they're a full seven-point favorite at home against the Buccaneer team that's tied for first place. Uh, I don't think this is a good matchup for the Buccaneers. They should get a very focused Cowboys team. Uh, I I don't like to use the word angry. It's probably overused, but very focused. Uh, The Buccaneers have small linebackers. Uh, those linebackers could be a problem in defending the run against the Cowboys, especially if the, their guards and center can get to that second level. You could see Ezekiel Elliott have a really big game here. I think the Cowboys are going to take care of business at home against the Buccaneers, and I'll lay the seven points. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. It's got to be a spot where the, where the Cowboys um, respond. You know, the seven points makes me nervous, but quite frankly, I think it's one of these games where uh, if the Cowboys go out and win, they're going to cover the point spread. So we'll just uh, we'll put our blessing on that and see how that entire thing goes. All right, so we said we'd uh, try and fall back here a little bit and look at some of these games as we get to this part of the season where more and more of these games are interesting. Before that, though, Emil, what I don't know the entire amount of rules on this, but it just is a little surprising to me. The Arizona Cardinals cut Michael Floyd. And uh, the Patriots end up picking him up. A guy like Michael Floyd gets cut. What, what, what are the other 30 teams in the league doing? And I say 30 because obviously, um, you know, Arizona's not going to pick him back up. Um, and I'm, I'm cutting New England out of this because they're the ones that ended up with him. 30 other teams. You don't need a receiver like this who could possibly help you. Well, I think, uh, listen, let's be fair to the other teams. I think that you need a strong um, base in place, and the Patriots are a team that could probably get away with this. Obviously, the guy's got some issues. I know he's not the first or last person in this world to ever get a DUI. My my suspicion is that uh, if they cut him, 
a guy with that kind of ability, there's more going on behind the scenes with him than just the mere, hey, I had too many drinks and I got in a car, I'm an idiot. Um, I think the Patriots always feel comfortable that, listen, we don't need this guy. He can only make us better. If he gets here and he's a problem, it won't tear our team apart. We'll just get rid of him. I think other teams feel uncomfortable with some of those situations. So I'm going to give them a little bit of a pass there, if I'm making any sense to you. Green Bay, Seattle. Seattle can't use another weapon at wide receiver. I don't know. Green Bay's got a little bit of a – They've had their issues all season. Uh, you know, can they, maybe they feel that they just don't want to try to integrate them. They finally got their offense working. It seems they got scored 38 points against Seattle. They, they you know, their defense played well. Uh, maybe they feel like, listen, we don't need this guy coming in here. I hear you. I understand his talent, and I'm not saying you're wrong in that sense. But you know, we've seen how some of this stuff over the years. You, you know, look at last year. Everybody figured well. Yeah, he's got issues, but man, that Greg Hardy, he's a good player, man. Yeah, he's good. He was he he was a train wreck in Dallas. I mean, from all accounts, I mean, he the, the lot, he, you know, the guys in the locker room didn't care for his attitude and he sent the wrong message to younger players that are looking, you know, at older guys to to lead. So, you know, maybe that's just what a lot of these teams these days are starting to look at a little bit of the character stuff. Yeah, um, I, I suppose so. We'll just have to see how this works out in New England. But everyone is looking at this like, for real, man, this guy ends up in New England. Now watch him turn into some kind of a beast over there, which would just be absolutely hilarious. Colts and the Vikings, this is a dangerous game for the Vikings, uh, in, in my opinion. They're four-point favorites in this one. Wouldn't surprise me if somehow the Colts went in here and got a win. Well, the Vikings are a good opponent for the Colts to play because here's the thing. The, the Vikings have a world-class defense. Make no mistake about it. That's a top three or four NFL defense. They've, they've got you know big guys that can run. But because they struggle so much offensively, they take a team like the Colts, who typically are you know weak on defense, and, and kind of make their defensive weaknesses not a, as big of a deal coming into this game because you know the Vikings kind of jog in place a lot of times during, during big stretches of the game. And the Colts, you know, with a guy like Luck who gets you know gets rid of the ball pretty quick, has some receivers there, you know, he may just be able to go in there and put up 20, 23 points and figure out a way to come out with a win. So, I mean, if I was playing the game, I would be taking the four points. Yeah, I, uh, uh, that's what I'm just saying. I, I think this is a pretty dangerous game for these Minnesota Vikings. And, again, uh, if I'm looking at this thing, I kind of like the Colts as, as uh, underdogs. In this contest, um, Lions and Giants is going to be a very interesting game. You picked it. Uh, one of the games I definitely want to see on Sunday. Uh, Steelers and Bengals always comes with a, a tremendous amount of interest because there's 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 drama there. Uh, can the Steelers go into Cincinnati and get a win, or is this the kind of place where the Steelers go drop the ball? Well. You know, you got to look. The Steelers have definitely seemed to have right the ship with four straight wins. Uh, and, you know, really none of them close. I mean, they blew out Cleveland. We know about Cleveland. They blew out the Colts without luck. They beat the Giants by 10 at home. And then they, on the road, go to Buffalo. It was 27-20, but that was more of Pittsburgh. I don't know what they did at the end of that game. They, they really controlled the game. Uh, next week, you know, with Baltimore on tap, this is a dangerous game for Pittsburgh. It's their fourth road game in five weeks. 
So, you know, most of their home games were front-loaded this year. Uh, you know Cincinnati, seeing that they're not going to playoffs, is, is going to want to have some fun and try to ruin uh, Pittsburgh's season. So I was hesitant to make Pittsburgh a pick this week because of that. I just They concern me the week ahead of Baltimore uh, taking them on the road like this. I almost faded the New England Patriots here. I've uh, been wanting to fade them over the last you know few weeks, even when we talked about the Monday night game. Uh, I went against him here. I just I there's something in my opinion missing there with this team. Uh, and you know though neither one of us are over enamored with the uh, Denver Broncos, this is to a dangerous spot for the New England Patriots taking on the Broncos on a road. The, the Broncos need a win, no doubt about it. They need a they need a win right here with things going the way they are in the AFC West. Do you want me to give you something that will actually make uh, – this is a little n- nugget for our listeners and to support your point. Do you know what the New England Patriots are as a road favorite of three points or less over the last three seasons? I'm going to imagine it's not good, but lay it on. One in five. Conversely, do you know what the Denver Broncos are as a, road under, as a home underdog of three points or less? That has to be good because they're a good team. Uh, they're a good team, especially at Well, home. I'm going to give you two nuggets here. Over the last three seasons, they're 4-0, and but to speak to the home field advantage in Denver, since 1992, so that covers 25 years, the Broncos, in the few times they have been a home underdog of three points or less, are 12-6 and six versus the point spread. So w- why weren't the Broncos a pick for you this week? Well... You know, I'm one of those guys that while I, you know, I love stats like that, you know, just it's one of those games where I guess in my own mind, if I was just a stat type player, I probably should have made them a pick. But their offense still scares me. And even some of the coaching moves that were made last week scared me. Like early in that fourth quarter, they just passed on a chip shot field goal down 13 nothing. And as it turns out, the game ends up a 13-10 game. And now we'll never know. You can't just say, oh, it would have been a tie game. The game would have been different from that point forward. But I, just some weird things they do. I, I sense they're in a little bit of panic mode right here. Um, they know that they might not make the playoffs, and they're doing some goofy stuff. But I agree with you. I, I definitely would stay away from New England in this spot. You already talked Cowboys, Buccaneers, because uh, Cowboys are one of your picks today. So final game we're going to talk about here are the Raiders and the Chargers. Why do I get a feeling this is a game the Raiders could lose? I, I, I have a feeling their head's messed up off of that KC loss which was disappointing to me, by the way. Yeah, I think, well, here's the thing. and I, I, You and I talked about this Monday. I mean, the problem the Raiders are going to have is, you know, they have a young team, and it's getting their heads straight, and Del Rio hopefully can do that. I think the Raiders, frankly, if you said to me, playoffs starting tomorrow, who do you like better? What roster do you want? I think the Raiders are a better team than the Chiefs. Um, they played two of their worst games of the season against the Chiefs, especially the last game where it was just, they didn't look like themselves. No, I'll give some credit to the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs have some matchups that bother them. But then again, I just think the Raiders are a better team than the Chiefs. If they come out of there feeling that way, then they should handle their business here. But if their head is messed up, as you point to it being, uh, the Chargers are a rival that would love to knock off the Raiders. This is an old rivalry. The, The only thing that makes taking the Chargers hard is they're the Chargers, man. They invent ways to blow games. I mean, you watch the Chargers play. I'm not sure they've lost a game this year that isn't new and, and innovative in a way to lose. Yeah, um, this is true. So I mean, we'll just we'll, 
this makes this game, this game is going to be more interesting than maybe some Raiders fans want to think. It's a divisional game, so, you know, we'll just have to, uh, we'll see how this thing rolls. Uh, but, yeah, uh, one of the uh, many interesting games are going to be taking place in the NFL. The uh, very, um, what's the word I used? Parody. The parody-filled NFL. Parody. This parody, P-A-R-I-T-Y. Not parody as in comedy. We're saying parody, evenness. There's a word for the day. Yes, e- evenness. Uh, look that up. Google it, dictionary.com, all, all that good stuff. All right, that's it for you, my friend. I'm going to cut out. No, you're going to cut out. I'm going to come back. I'm going to talk high school football. The championships were last week, so we got to put a bow on this thing, wrap it all up, and I'm going to uh, – we're going to recap all that with Joshua Wilson from FloridaHSFootball.com. What a weekend. Uh, it was last week, so we're going to recap that and talk about some of the things that are coming up in the future for Florida high school football. So I'm going to bid my farewell to you, my friend. I'm going to take my break with that one little clip. That one Goodbye, little everybody. Have a good weekend. Enjoy the Christmas shopping and the football. All right. Emil's out of here. I'm going to take a quick break. When I come back, Joshua Wilson joins me here on the Gridiron Stud Show. We'll be right back right after this. This is the end, beautiful friend. This is the end, my only friend. The end of our elaborate love. The end. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. we got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up. And let yourself be seen. This is the end, beautiful friend. This is the end. All right, I don't know what's going on here with this broadcast today, other than to just say it's Blog Talk Radio, so we've got double talk going on here. Nevertheless, hopefully I've got my guests on and there are no technical difficulties because we need to recap what was a great, great championship weekend of uh, college and uh, oh, not college, but high school football here in the state of Florida. And uh, hopefully he's on. Josh, you here with me? I think I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I, I got you on here. I think I fixed the problem. Uh, nevertheless, my friend, let, first of all, let's just talk about the logistics of this thing. Have you gotten any feedback at all from people? I would have to say that it's probably positive, but let me not make that assumption. Any feedback from folks at all about having all eight classifications play in one weekend was thumbs up or thumbs down well the media loves it actually a lot of people love it and even the FAJ is is it's i think you know they're they're they want to stick with this and, and this is something and i think it's it, i think it works out better for everybody to have it on one weekend and again you, you made that point last year in your blog post and 
I mean, it's just it's just one of those things. The only the only thing for the only thing is is that you, 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 I think you know once you experience what what eight games feels like in three days, you understand the time concept and you understand that things are on a quick turnaround. That's the only thing. Uh, but the, yeah. you know what? I, but some there was a couple things not positive in, in in some ways, and it's coming more from the fans than it is from anybody else. And it's it's the lack of the all day game ticket. You know, I think that's mm-hmm. you know that's the, that's the biggest complaint. But I, right. I keep reminding everybody, the FSG couldn't do it this year because there was with the late contract changes and stuff. They they had to, this was done on a fly, We're putting mm-hmm. everything on one weekend this year. But next year, you know, next year we're supposed to start the one weekend one weekend deal officially. Mm-hmm. But now it looks like maybe well, maybe and I, and I and I say this I say this through the grapevine, and in a lot of ways. That all day ticket might be coming, so just 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 hold just hold tight, just hold tight, fans. It, it's probably coming. And I, and to be honest with you, I think you know the, again it goes to that all that if they have the all day ticket, the one weekend format will even work better because hey, fans, hey, do it do it like Georgia, charge them twenty dollars for a game for three games in a day, charge them twenty dollars for an all day ticket. Don't do any other ticket sales, hey. Yeah, or, or if you want to do single game tickets, that's fine. But if people got an all day ticket, let them stay in the stadium and watch all three games in the day. And guess what? You're going to keep fans. You're going to have fans show up for the ten o'clock game. You're going to, they're going to want to wake up for that ten o'clock game to get their twenty dollars value, and then they're going to stay for the rest of the games. Yeah, that, certainly right? was yeah, they will. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to complain. Uh, I want to be more on the positive side and give kudos to the FHSAA for putting it all together and having. Uh, all eight of these games in the weekend, starting from Thursday and running it all the way through Saturday. Made it a good weekend. You've got all the teams up there. Um, I, you know, I, I found my, I watched, you know, including our game, three games, something I didn't do. Uh, last time I was up there, went for our game and got out of there, you know, and a lot of it had to do with the logistics and the format. So it allowed me to stay there. It's good to be up there with all the teams because now the teams are interacting. So even the teams that have finished playing, um, are still up there and they're talking to each other and there's an interaction, more of a festival party feel to it. Um, yeah, yeah, you could say that. You could you could say that for for to some degree. I mean, I mean, some people would say you know I think they were kind of disappointed in, in the numbers for the eight A game with the attendance because you know with Doctor Phil was just being you know basically being the home team being right there. You know they they could have they could have easily set ten thousand, but then we have to realize you know it's like you know what they're not a popkin. Who can bring ten thousand in one in one clean? They can shut down the town of popkin. You know, basically you want to commit highway robbery. There you go. You know, one of popkin plays. There you go. But yeah, it, it's that's one of the disappointments in in Florida football is that it's just not as well attended as uh, I would like to see it be. You know, you get to these state championship games, we ought to be able to pull, um, you know, seven to 10,000 uh, in these games. I just wish there was more outside um, interest in high right. school football where people would well, attend. I think, and not the, just I think the interest is there. Well, Chad, I think the interest is there. I think it's, it's again, it goes back to the lack of the all-game day ticket because – when you start to add it up over a family of four, that's you know forty eight dollars. You know, actually, it's fifteen dollars if you pay it at the gate. If you buy it on you know online, it's a few dollars cheaper. But fifteen dollars, fifteen dollars per per you know thing. That's thirty. You know, if it's a family of four, you're spending sixty dollars a game for tickets. 
that's where the all-day ticket needs to come in and help that. And I, I'm hoping, and I, again, I, you know, say this, you know, hoping that, you know, you know, the, the way the way things are going, I, I think you're seeing you know, a lot of more positive changes coming out of the FHA now, which is, which is, you know, I, you know, it's hard. It's the fans don't see it as easily as maybe we do on the other side. You know, if we're kind of on this one side, the fans are on the other side, and they kind of see it a little differently. And again, change takes time to you know impact things. So, but in, in the end, you know, with these games, you know, it mean, I mean if, you, if you look at the attendance of the overall games for for all eight a for all eight games over the course of the three days, the attendance was actually up a little bit this year. So compared to the last few years, so they had like thirty three thousand last couple of years. It's been under thirty thousand, so it's, it's kind of going up. But again, it also depends on what teams you have. Did we have a number for attendance? What was the uh, number? I had, it was around 33,000 was the number. My internet. Actually, actually, Chad, I'm sitting here talking to you, waiting to see if my internet is going to come back up. I'm just not wanting to work properly. Yeah, well, the technical difficulties is a way of life. Trust me, I'm here on Blog Talk Radio. It's just a, a way of life for me. I've just had nothing but technical difficulties there with that. Um, so, you know, let's – do you have any idea at all – uh, have you heard maybe through the grapevine what that all-day ticket would possibly cost? No, that's that's not that's not the thing. I haven't I haven't heard anything like that. But but if if you look at if you look at the model what Georgia does, which they do an all-day ticket with their games, I mean thirty thirty twenty dollars for a game ticket for all day for three games. I I, I and guarantee there'd be there, there's some people that would that would spend that money right away. A lot of people oh, yeah. they would say you know what we'll stay. Yeah, put me in that boat. Don't spend that twenty. Yeah, definitely. I'm in on that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think a lot of fans would be on, you know, thing, and you know, hey, maybe you want to sell an all day, maybe you want to sell an all tournaments pass, but then that's probably going to cost you about a hundred bucks a ticket, probably the way it's going to look if that if that happens. But 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 you know you know can you, you would you be willing to spend that hundred dollars to see all eight games you know that's the question some fans would ask or you know do you just want to see a select group of games on a particular day so but I mean overall with these championship games this past weekend out of all eight games out of eight out of the eight games we had we only had one running clock I think that mm-hmm. speaks also for the for the global competition as well sure. Uh, yeah, definitely on that. So let's talk a little bit about the action that that uh, took place on the field. Um, Pahokee's back. Can we say that? Pahokee's back, got themselves a championship. They seem very excited about it. Uh, do you see long-term sustained success there for Pahokee, or did they just, you know, get a team of uh, some guys got together and they, they were able to get it done, and then it might be back to where they were? Well, it depends. It depends on how everything goes and what the new playoff format. Considering Pahokee will probably be playing a, a a gauntlet of competition the next couple of years, with depending on how they how they decide to schedule. Given that they did, you know, they they no longer have a district; they're just in Class One A for the playoff. I, I mean, I, to be honest with you, it's they could they could be back, but again, given that there there is a thing that that thing that word called parity. No, not parody. Parody. <laughs> the yeah. word of the day is it, right. it, 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 it's been said. It, it, the thing is that one a has that parody, and 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 still will have that parody. I think to some degree, 
And that's the thing I think right there is that that'll be a difference that, you know, can Pahulki be able to sustain and be able to go back and repeat? You know, there's no team that since the world formation of the one in world process that's been able to actually repeat in back-to-back years. I mean, there's only been one team to win it twice, but that was in two different years they've been able to do that. So the question is, just where do they, where do they finally want, you know, where do they, where do they finally win it? You know, that's the question. You know how who yeah. they, you know did they go back to Orlando next year and repeat it? Uh, being the yeah. case, um, not to be a Debbie Downer, I you know the the two A championship game, I just it didn't look like the greatest football. Um, you know from that oh, standpoint, God, I, I, yeah, it was a little bit disappointing from that standpoint. I, I I have to say, even though that even though that seven eight game was a running clock, the you know the two eight game was actually a, it was actually a more dreadful game than watching that seven eight game. I, and to be honest with you, it's just I, I the fact that it took so late for something to finally happen with points getting on the board, you know that kind of yeah. speaks. But you know, and also you know the the number of fans sitting in the stands and the, the crowd, it wasn't really it was like blah. You know, it's like okay. Yeah, <laughs> Teams probably affected the crowd some, but um, man, it just was some sloppy football in that context. Oh yeah, that that was just sloppy football. It was just like it, it was like okay, can we just get this game over? I thought I thought I thought it was I, it, it, it it just seemed like it was it just it was dragging. If that if that's yeah. the right way to describe it, it was it was a, it was a game that was dragging and, and to be honest with you, it, it's probably gonna feel like one when you don't have as many fans. Of course, you know Champagnat is a small school; they're not gonna have a big fan base. University of Christian again, small school; they got a little bit bigger mm-hmm. of a fan base, but it's two A. You know, this is probably why they, you know again. Here's the reminder: this is why two A is the Friday morning ten o'clock game, not not the first game on on, on Thursday at one o'clock. <laughs> Sure. You know, put it in yeah, 10 no, o'clock and bury it, you know. Yeah, exact, exactly on that one. Well, what, as luck would have it, um, I think the best game of the weekend and the one we were involved in happened to follow that one. So, um, you know, that that yeah. was a that was a good thing there. I'm going to say this, uh, and I'm not blowing any smoke. I thought, because I had a chance to see all of the games, um, I thought Ponte Vedra was the best losing team of the weekend. Oh, you could definitely go with that. That I, I, we could go with that assessment definitely. You know that that was the probably the. I mean, I mean the, the fact. I, I think I think the reminder of people. It's like wait a second. You got to remember, Anavija came out and smacked American Heritage right in the mouth in the first within the first few minutes of the game, going up thirteen nothing. You know that yeah. that right there. I think kind of just spoke for some of it right there. It's like wait a second. Whoa, and and, and the fact of you know. If it weren't for two missed, pretty much two missed extra points by Pontevedra, you'd sit there. You, we could have had an overtime game. That's that's how crazy yeah, it is, you know, thing. And yeah, that. you know, I had some friends uh, that showed up late for the game and said they thought something, they did something wrong on the scoreboard, seeing thirteen to nothing in favor of Pontevedra in this game. I was like, no, nothing, no, nothing wrong with the scoreboard. Uh, those guys came out and came with uh, absolutely yeah, I mean, no fear. They, 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 yeah, they, they came out. Back to back onside yeah. kicks. I mean, they came ready for war. Yeah, right. That onside, I see that, that they came out the first drive, did that playing, and then all of a sudden came out that with the onside kick and managed to recover and then go score again. I think was like, whoa, where is like a pot of just come to play here? This is 
maybe somebody's taking them somebody's taking them too lightly here, you know. And, and, and you know, but I think that speaks. I think that speaks for the team. I think also speaks for the coaching staff of Pontevedra. What they were able to do, you know, that they were saying, "Hey, we were no fluke." You know, just because you know we might have had a little bit of a weaker schedule doesn't mean we're not that good of a team. No, we're, we were able to compete with a powerhouse from South Florida, which that you know that you know sometimes it's hard to do. Yeah, no, no, no question about it. I have nothing but a, a tremendous amount of respect for that coaching staff and that team. And though I was impressed enough watching him on film, seeing him in person and in a big game like that, um, I was became away even more impressed with quarterback Nick Tronti from Ponte Vedra. Oh yeah, you 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 give you give Nick Tronti. I mean, the fact of being, I mean, and they got rightfully disowned. I mean, you look at it, the Florida Dairy Farmers, hey, they, they hey, coach of the year and player of the year, sitting right there for five A at that school. So it, you know, I think I think you know Ponte Vedra, you know. It, it, they, were, they were the surprise team this year. I don't think, you know, because nobody saw them getting this far. You know, no, mm-hmm. people thought, okay, yeah, they're going to win the district, but, no, are you going to play for a state title? No, no one had them pegged going that far. You know, people were thinking, oh, it's probably going to be a Rickards or it's going to be Clay or something like that. You know, it's, it's going to be, you know, okay, Potter Okay, well. Yeah. Yeah, well, easy you know, get to this final game uh, again well coached team executed very well scouted very well um and and you know made plays when they had to because you know things got things got tough to them there they could have just laid it down when uh you know heritage went back up 21 13 and received the lead and then um took a took a nine point lead late in the game there was no quit in this team so again very very impressed with them um the 7a championship game um, from a fan standpoint, not very interesting. Another runaway for St. Thomas. What to make of how easily St. Thomas went through there? We, we're not going to sit here and debate whether or not it's a good football team and program. That's a given. But it's 7A week. Uh, I just, I'm not, I wasn't overly impressed by that plant team. Okay at quarterback. It really seemed like only one playmaker. Yeah. How did get all the way to the end? Hey, you know what? There was there was a lot of, there was a lot of interesting comments about Plant coming into that game about how you know this is not this is not a typical Plant team where you have a star that stands out. There, there was no star that really stood out for that Plant team. You know, I mean, I mean, I mean, they've got good players. They've got players that have got Division One offers, but you don't have that standout star that's standing. You know, he's the name. He's the show of the of the game. You know, that's the thing is, you know, plant they're they're a gritty bunch. And you could tell they were a gritty you know, a gritty bunch. You could tell that they were still trying to fight no matter what in that game. The problem is is that, you know, hey, we team that is stacked two, three deep in all positions that have division one offers, that's that's a that's that's troubling. That's troubling. I mean I mean I mean, you know, you could say, okay, American Heritage has got you know got players like that in some cases, but you know y'all are not as you know. I would say it's American Heritage is not as tagged as St. Thomas Aquinas, and that's the problem. Is that you know if you're if you're a team like that, you know what are you going to do? You, you, there's absolutely really nothing you can do if you're playing and you've just got a bunch of your neighborhood kids and, and some of your couple other you know they might have transferred in. Going up against right. basically what pretty much is probably much probably seventy five percent all stars from Miami Dade County, which it seems like that you know a lot of people keep talking about that you know hey it's like well look at their roster look where they're from they don't live in Broward County they live in Miami Dade which you know that's that seems to be the common talk in the press box over the weekend on, my, on, on that part with the roster but again 
you know, this is this is. Hey, I'm gonna bring this up. It's this might be my call for for. Okay, do we do we need a ninth? We, we don't need a ninth classification. Do we need a ninth playoff bracket to have an open division like California does with their with their mm-hmm. with their state championship? Could I mean? I mean, if California's doing it, which is you know larger than Florida by a lot of means, can it work here in Florida? I think it could. You know, just take just take take, take the sixteen teams that are really dominating that they you know that get there, be there, you know, can win. Put them into this bracket. Just determine it by a set of rules and say, hey, these are the rules. You're you're going to be moved out of your classification into this bracket, and you're going to have at it. And you know what? Good luck to you. Yeah, you know, no, no, I, no, I would like no, to see something like that. That was just a, a, a runaway there, and um, you know, I guess you know, not the greatest thing in the world for the fans. But look, Carroll City is back again. I was talking about Pahokee, Carroll City back at the top again. Um, this is something good about seeing uh, Carroll City. Um, kind of like you know when you, you you say in college football you like it when you know Notre Dame and USC and and you know those type teams are playing well. Just something good about Carroll City being being good. And uh, here they are winning mm-hmm. the six A champs. Uh, I, in fact, the fact that game went to, was knotted up at half. That that game was really I was like, but, but you know what? I'd rather take a game knotted up at half if there's actually good football going on, which was the case. It's just that, you know, even both defenses were just saying, "Hey, you know, we're not going to let you, we're not going to let you do checkmate on us." And of course, Carroll City finally broke through in the second half, and then, you know, Lake Gibson, you know, the fact that it was only, a, I mean, a fourteen, a fourteen six game. I mean, it's just, it's like, you know, really, it's like it's one of those things. It's like, you know, these are the games you look at. You go back and look at the record book, and you see these scores, these low scores, these defensive battles, and you start looking. It's like, well, no, we're going to get these kind of games in 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 in, the, in, the two, in, in this decade. Oh, we got right. it. <laughs> we finally got some of those games. One of those two teams were like the highest favorite teams uh, going in, and uh, you know, ended up. Oh like yeah, I got it right. I got it. Yeah, I got it right here. It was uh, Carroll City was favored by 19 over Lake Gibson and me. And that the fact that you didn't even get the 19 point, I mean, you got the you got the 20 points total in that game. But Car- I mean, the right. fact that Carroll City couldn't even win by 19 that tells you something. I mean, I mean, it, it, it's one of those things, and it's like then you look at the 8A game, man. Wolf. I think I think if you look yeah, at the 8A game, you 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 feel you. you, you you feel sorry for Dr. Phillips. You feel sorry for Dr. Phillips in a lot of ways with that game because they, I mean, the DP pretty much had it. Yeah, in their hands. And Dr. Phillips, yeah, they hands. had it right there in their hands, and Southbridge just came with six minutes left, and boom, and all of a sudden it just I, – I, the tables turned, and it was like – you know, being there on the field and just watching that happen, and like the, 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 the momentum goes shifting from one from from one song line to the other that quickly. It was just like, I mean, the, the, I mean to see that it's like you know it's like but but again and also I think it's, you know at the end it speaks for the coaching level of Billy Roll and what he's been able to do. You know you know it, yeah, the fact someone nominated someone nominated which he ended up setting. Yeah, I mean, I mean, someone nominate this man for the for the for the FHA Health Hall of Fame because he deserved he he deserved to be in it. To be honest with you, I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know, it, different team. No one else has ever done that. So you know, congratulations to him on that. Uh, I was am very impressed 
with the duo uh, running running quarterback, um, and, and I have to use I have to say it like that. Uh, running quarterback for Trinity Christian in the 3A game. I'm wanting a whole lot of passing going on for them on that side of the ball. Just wildcat all day. Everyone knows about DJ Matthews, highly recruited, on his way to Florida State. But I was extra, extra uh, impressed with Rashid Martin, uh, running quarterback, uh, when DJ Matthews was in game for, for Trinity Christian. I, I mean, this, like, he was a ball of soap out there. They just could not get this guy to the ground. Yeah, I mean, you just look. You just look at. I mean, I mean, there's the fact that here, here's your, here's your numbers. Rasheed Martin, 156, one touchdown. DJ Matthews, 101, one touchdown. You know, the fact that you know, again, you're right. 58 yards passing and one TD. That was it for DJ Matthews. That's all. That was it. There was nothing. There was nothing yeah, else. You know, it, was, it was a. You know, these guys aren't really going to be throwing the ball because they don't do it all that well. And still, they were able to find pockets and seams and 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 out. I'll dodge guys to get the yards needed in this contest. Yeah, I mean it's just that's just it, and you know Shamanog came out early and scored, you know, scored first, and you think, you know, well, you know, it was going to be a game, and of course, again, it was it was a game. If you look at the final score, twenty four thirteen, you know, Shamanog didn't let Trinity Christian have it easy. We'll tell you that right now. It, it was not an easy yeah, game for anybody, you know. One of the biggest problems, Josh, are you still there with me? Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, one of the biggest problems sitting in the stands watching that game uh, was the officiating in that contest. I don't know if you heard anything there, but there was some some questionable calls that all really seemed to go uh, against Shamanad in that one. One of them was what seemed like an obvious backwards pass uh, that was picked up and returned for Shamanad. That was that was you know not call that and then uh, an issue on special teams where the another ball ran oh, back yeah. and the helmet that wasn't called. It, it, the officiating in uh, that contest seemed to be an issue. Can you share some insight to you know our listeners as to how crews are picked for championship games uh, in the state of Florida? Well, my understanding is that the crews are picked in, and they pick a crew that is not nowhere, that does not. Officiate, you know, officiate any of those teams that are involved in the state championship game. So they try to get an officiating crew that is that is totally outside the area. Basically, you know that they have no, they have, they basically don't watch these teams, you know, on a weekly right. basis. And that's the thing, you know. And again, you know, you know, in my mind, you know, and, and there's a lot of great officials. Don't get me wrong, but when when in this case for a state championship game. You better be ready to bring the best of your best into that game because this is like you know, hey, this is a Super Bowl for, of Florida, you know, football, you know, high school football. Right. You better be ready to bring your best officials you can into this game. Maybe not, maybe not your best crew, but maybe you need to put a good crew together of your best officials to to make this game really what it should be about. And to me, I mean, I don't want to speak too much on the officiating itself because, you know, I mean, again, it's it's whatever the rule goes on the field, that's it. You, there is no instant instant replay here or anything like that, even though you can say, you know, you watch the replay 100 times on Spectrum Sports or wherever you, you know, how you watch it, and you, you just realize, you know, it's like, you know, you could say, oh, that call's wrong, that call's wrong. But you know what? There's nothing you can do about it. So you just got to move on, you know, and try to play your, play the play the next down as best as you can. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's just part of the game. And one final thing uh, I wanted to talk about with regards to the state championship series. We, you know, we we crossed the bridge. We got all the games in one weekend. That's a positive. 
Um, and, and according to you, it looks like we're going to get an all-day ticket and possibly an all-tournament pass. Um, that's a positive. What's, what, tell us where we stand in terms of the broadcast, because the last thing that's really bugging folks is the fact that if you're outside of the Tampa Orlando area, you're not going to get this game on television. You've got to go through the whole computer live stream thing. Where are we with that, and what's the future hold for that? Can we get it on a network that's, that's at least statewide? Well, the contract the contract is right now held by Spectrum Sports, which you know, it's formerly known as Pride House, and and that contract I don't it, it expires anytime soon. My hope is, and I I know that in some areas because with, with Charter taking over the the former all, all the Pride House network stuff and all that, I I my hope is is that you know with Florida as big of a state as it is. And, and and giving the the fact that high school sports yeah is a big thing here. Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. I didn't know. It sounded like it dropped you out. But the thing with Bright House no. Sports, is big thing, the, the, network, the network itself, the big thing, the whole the whole thing is, is that hopefully maybe they can expand that channel into a regional channel and get all the carriers in Florida. I mean, I would like to see that. You know, if you can expand that channel and get it onto the other carriers, you know what? Then we don't have to worry about it. We could, we could, we could watch all, you know, whoever – we can watch the games no matter how we want, you know, whatever cable carrier we have. But, you know, again, that remains to be seen if it's something that will that they try to do. Sports, since, you know, they have this contract, it's not going to change anytime soon, or they're trying to use that to uh, be carried by more of these cable channels. I mean, I guess it's a smart business practice. That's more money in their pocket if they're able to be carried by, you know, more areas. Uh, yeah, is that the case, or, you know, it's, no one's I would like either. to see something like that. I like to see something like that. It would be nice if they could just get it on the maybe just it would be this particular channel, bring it onto your other, bring it onto the other cable carriers. Because if you're gonna, I mean, I mean, the thing is, is that you know, I mean, my understanding is when they had the contract with Fox Sports, with, with, with Fox Sports Florida and, and Fox Sports Sun, mm-hmm. the thing with that is, is that my understanding is that the contract just cost the FHA too much money. It was not. It was there was there was something dear that was not. There was something dear with the whole issue that that it was. It, it was it's very lengthy and it's something I don't even know all the details about. Other than then it was sure. just a contract the FHA wanted to get out of under because it wasn't it wasn't favorable. For them, so you know, in, in, in the end, if it's not, if the something's not favorable, you got to do something. Um, and then into this would indicate that there were some issues there that we're not privy to, I suppose. Yeah, it, there's a, yeah, there's information definitely there. So that on that, so. Well, with the final few movements we have remaining, can you tell us a you know one or two things we have to look forward to coming up next season? In the FHSA, is you're a guy that's uh, on the inside. You go to the meetings. You're in contact with uh, the uh, the decision makers there. Tell us something um, that we need to look out for coming next season, other than the obvious, the the big changes, especially in one through four A and the way schedules are going to be done. Well, considering considering that there was the the, the final the final district and region assignments were released uh, on Wednesday. I think the biggest shock is is now that Trinity Christian and Bulls are going to be in the same district with Ponte Vedra. How about for the that? Last few years. How about that? I mean, I think I think I think that shocked that shocked everybody. I think you know, five A football has definitely gotten a, a a a an increase in value. I think it definitely looks a lot better, especially when you look at the north and south. I think 
you know, some people in the teams are five and are like, blah, blah, well, this is not good, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what? To be the man, you got to beat the man. So, hey, go do sure it. Don't at sit it. there and complain. Don't, yeah, don't, don't, start, don't sit there and complain about it. Go out there and play the game on the field and try to win that game. If you really want to, you know, I mean, don't, and, and I will, there's a message for, this is a message for anybody. Public schools can beat Trinity and Bulls. They can do it. You just got to be better than them on that on that field for that 48 minutes. It can be done. Yeah, I don't want to hear the cop out about the whole private school thing. I mean, um, you know, apply yourself, and these things can happen. I'll, I'll go back to our game in 5A. Uh, Part of Beecher put together a plan and coached their behinds off, and, and they were right there. They had a chance to win. Oh, yeah, and they had a chance to win. That, that game, the fact that he didn't come down the wire, that's the thing. And, again, that speaks for the fact that, hey, Ponavidra competed. That's the thing. If you look, hey, there's a case, there's a case study. Look, Ponavidra can compete. Because if, they, if it's showing that they couldn't compete, yeah, the school would probably be lopsided. That, but, then here's yeah. my argument. It's a matter of uh, – Athlete-wise, yeah. they just didn't match up. On paper, didn't match up. But you go coach your rear end off. Um, which is what you're supposed to do, and and there you go. You never know what could happen. Well, listen, man, I, it it's been a it, this thing went by quick, didn't it, Josh? This football season blew by. Uh, oh yeah, I'll tell you what it blew it blew by. And and there's one more thing I want to add on to it is that some people would like to see, and this is what people would like to see next out of the FHA is take the bracketing and maybe do what Georgia does, so you don't have the district opponents from the same district, you know, playing each other within the first two rounds or something like that. You know, and again, it's going to become down the hard. It's going to be travel, but you know what? You know, if, if you know Georgia does it, you know, what? Why can't we do it here? Why can't we try to test something like that here? That's a good question. You know, you know, why would Miami, Carroll City, and Miami Central, the two best teams, are more Western Carroll City are the two best teams? Well, if they're the two best, guess what? You, 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 that happens. You, you got a crowd. <laughs> you got all of Miami showing up there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, no doubt about that. And I guess there's a lot we could learn from Georgia. I just hope we're not being stubborn about it. Well, listen, Josh, end of another great season. It was great uh, championship weekend. I'm looking forward with uh, great anticipation to what uh, lies in the future with, with FHSA and, and another, before you know it, the football season will be back around again. And as always, I thank you for uh, joining us this season and giving us insight uh, every week on Football Friday on the Gridiron Stud Show. Hey, I appreciate it, Chad. You have a good one. All right, you too. That's Joshua Wilson from FloridaHSFootball.com joining us here on the Gridiron Stud Show to talk about the weekend that was of uh, Florida High School Football Championships. A great weekend. Uh, a lot of folks up there having a great time. Uh, it was a great time for all. And congratulations to all the champions for all of the classifications. And congrats to the runner-ups for making it that far. A lot of great games, a lot of great football. It was a great high school football season here in the state of Florida. And I uh, was glad to be able to, to come to you every week and give you some previews and recap the action. Uh, that's it for us on the show today. Another Football Friday in the books, despite the little technical difficulties I'm having here with Blog Talk. Football uh, for you on Saturday, these bowl games coming up, and even an NFL game. Enjoy the NFL games on Sunday as we get down to the nitty-gritty here and playoff races are starting to take shape. Enjoy the football weekend. I'm back on Monday. Thank you all for listening to the Gridiron Stud Show, and uh, we'll see you Monday. Enjoy your weekend. This is the end, beautiful prayer. This is the end, my own.
to all you high school recruits out there. You want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. we got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up. And let yourself be seen.